Amen. Right on. So this is the fifth week uh, of our five-week series. We close this series today called Love Does. And really want to encourage you, if you missed any other weeks, uh, jump back into the other weeks and catch up. It includes Easter and things like that. But what we've been talking about is love is action. Love calls us into something. We saw that literally God modeled this for us in John 3, 16. For God so loved... He gave his only son, meaning God had so much love for the world. For God so loved the world, it caused him to what? Take great action, to step into maximum sacrifice. If you love something, you give your life for it. You take action. We've said things like, uh, I would step in front of a, a train or I would do this for my kid. Well, because love calls you into action. That's what true love does. And God modeled it for us. And so we saw that. And then what we said that we love about God is he calls us into action in our lives now. He's not a God who, who's like restrictive and, and holds us back. And all we can do is just follow the rules and stay put. But no, God's like, hey, you can go out there and make a difference and connect in your community and, and use that love to reach people. Are you with me? John 14, 12, we shared. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do greater works than I've been doing. They will do even greater things than these because I'm going to be with the Father. So he's saying like, look, all this love that I came and modeled and displayed and all the great things that we saw come from that, you get to do the same things. And Jesus was healing the sick and raising the dead and transforming communities. He's saying, look, you're going to be able to walk in those things too. All that I came here and did, my love and action opened the door for you to be the same kind of people that go out and change the world. Amen. We hear in the church world all the time, and, and I got a, just a few minutes uh, with time and stuff, so this is kind of my closing, my final thoughts to the whole series, but we hear in the church world, we hear this all the time, the harvest is plentiful, uh, but the laborers are few, the people who go out there and, and labor, the harvest is plentiful. We all agree that our world needs to be harvested for the kingdom of God. Our communities have great darkness and great hurt and great pain, and, and things are very much out of order in many places. And so the harvest is very plentiful. One scripture says it like the harvest is very ripe, meaning it's time that we go out there and get the harvest. Are you with me? Uh, but the truth is about the harvest is that uh, whenever a farmer is out there, when the harvest is there, you know, the storehouse or the barn or the silo, it doesn't just pick itself up and go out in the field and gather everything up. It takes somebody to go out there and have action and pick it and get it and bring it all into the storehouse. Amen? Isn't it interesting that the scripture actually refers to the church as a storehouse? In one scripture, it says, you know, bring your tithes into the storehouse, referring to it as a place that keeps harvest. But the truth is, we got to have people, laborers, who go out and do the work, evangelize the community, reach people, and then that comes to the storehouse. With no laborers outside of here, there's nothing in the storehouse. Are you with me? So we can't just have this philosophy that like, well, I'm going to love God and love my family and love, 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 and then the storehouse will be full. No, we got to love people and love our communities and get out in the trenches and reach people, then bring them to the storehouse. Amen. Are you with me? And so, so many people, you know, and I hear this all the time, you know, church circles, they, they become turned on themselves. They look inward focused and everything a church does exists inside four walls because it's so dark out there. It's such a discouraging time and the world is out to get you. We shouldn't be letting that discourage us. We should be using that to get us desperate in prayer for those people, right? Let's turn it from discouragement to desperation to reach those people. Are you with me? 
Revelation 1.6 says this awesome thing. It says, and he has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and power forever. Listen, God has called us and equipped that we are the kingdom of God, the body of Christ. We are the church. We are the kingdom of God. And it says, look, he's made you priest in that. So what I'm trying to tell you this morning is you have a ministry. You have a ministry right now where you are, who you are as a Christian. You have a ministry. You're in the ministry. Stop saying, oh, I'll reach people and if I was a pastor or if I was the worship person or if I was the thing, and then, then I would be. You are in the ministry. You're a minister. You're out there reaching people, changing lives. God equipped you and called you, and you're in his kingdom. Are you with me? I love this. Mark Batterson says this in our uh, study. He says, you cannot go to church because you are the church. Your workplace is your mission field. Your job is your sermon. Your colleagues are your congregation. Like you're out there doing it. Your love and action. You are a minister. You are out there making a difference in your community. St. Francis says, preach Jesus and use words if necessary. So the way you live, go out there. You, the way you live is your ministry. The way you live is your message. Go out there and reach people and love people. Let, stop trying to just get people to the church. Are you with me? My mentor used to say this to me all the time. He would say, our walk is our talk and our talk walks. So what he's saying is the way you live is what tells the story. So a lot of times in Christian world, we come up with a bunch of Christianese sayings and statements, and we say the right things, but we don't do the right things. And the things that you say end up walking because they don't stick because all you're doing is saying stuff. Our walk talks. It tells the message. It tells the story. And your talk walks. Are you with me? It's, it's the proof is in the pursuit. It's, it's what you're really pursuing that proves what you're passionate about. Are you with me? Love does. It takes action. I thought about this. People won't remember what you say, but without question, they remember what you do. You could bump into somebody who you haven't seen for years. You're not going to remember much about what they've said, but you're going to remember much about how they acted and who they were. Are you with me? Uh, in church culture, we get so caught up in moves of God happening in the church. Get people to church. We got to get people in the church and church and church spends all this money on marketing and street signs and things and, and conferences and all that stuff is fine. I'm not against that, but we think it's about getting people inside the church, but it's not the truth. The scripture says in the word, uh, the word church in Greek is ecclesiasta, which means the called out ones. Much of what we should be doing as Christians and what we do to evangelize people and reach people and help a hurting world isn't called to happen inside the church. That's a good place to say amen, like I agree. So we don't come here and reach people. We reach people, and then the result of that is we fill here. My dream one day, if you're with me, is that we build a church that the very least of what we do at that church is have church. Does that make sense? Meaning the roster of everything that we do in a week, we function in this and kids hope and reach this and mentor this and do all this stuff. And then at the very bottom, bottom of the work list is, oh yeah, we have church. We're a church that the least of what we do is have services. I love services and it's important for us to come together as a body of Christ and worship and, and join with one another. But this is not how God designed us to impact our community by sitting and listening to me spit and, Right? There's more to it than this. Are you with me? 
So many people say, well, oh, we need more upper room experiences like in the New Testament. We need you know, where they gathered together and the wind blew and the Holy Spirit came. And I love that. And I love moves of God and I love impacts like that. But do you know what the result of the, that upper room experience was? They got filled with the power of God and what? Spilled into their city went into the streets and started making a difference with that message. Much of what we see about the New Testament came from them taking themselves out of the upper room and into their communities. Love does. It takes action. It calls us out of church. I feel like I'm preaching myself out of a job. Like, we don't need more church. But we don't. Amen? When they understood what the power that had been given them was for, they ran to their communities with it. It isn't so we have good services and enjoy ourselves, it's so that we go out and share it. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3 says, The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. If you read the, the whole chapter of Isaiah, it's talking about how God is setting up a group of Christ followers to be influencers, to shine radiantly, to be bright in their communities, and the world will be drawn to the action that's alive on the inside of them, which is God. Are you with me? It says, and then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you saying, you're going to gain influence in the world by being people who love does take action, get out there and make a difference. Amen. The days I believe are gone where we just try to push people to church. We got to push people out of church and into the communities to make a difference. One thing that drives me just bananas, because that's not a negative confession. <laughs> if I said crazy, then you say, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. You guys don't care. I don't care either. So anyway, every day you open up a Facebook or something like that, you get another article that says all the things that is wrong with church. Oh, the church is doing this wrong. The church is doing this wrong. The church has done it wrong this way, this way. There's all these articles, top 10, church has done it wrong, missed it with this generation, that generation, all this kind of stuff. Listen, anybody can tell us Anybody can point out when something's going wrong. Let's be some faith people and point out how to do some things right, right? Let's just like, instead of writing articles about like, this is wrong, that is wrong, anybody can be negative and complain and point out what's wrong. Let's get on our face. Let's get on our knees. Let's talk to God and start asking God to help us with some answers. You can hide behind blogs and point fingers and do all that stuff about the church, or we can say, God, help me go out and make a difference. Are you with me? We often think that, the things of church will evangelize and reach people and make a difference in our community. And so if we build this great building, then people will come to it and be evangelized. Or if we just have a great worship team and we, and we do all this and we have all these layers and we fill up stadiums with worship music, then people will be evangelized. Or if the pastor and the sermons and increase series and all the stuff that goes with preaching and then we'll sell CDs and tapes and all this, and then that'll reach people all over the world. Those things don't evangelize people. We're called to evangelize people. Back up. Those things evangelize people, but they're not the tool that God chose to reach people. He chose and equipped us to reach people. Are you with me? Yeah. We can't rely on the building or the worship team or the sermon or all the. We need to just in our own lives say, God, today use me to go reach somebody. Amen. The scripture actually says in Ephesians that it's the pastor's job to actually equip the people to go do the work of the ministry. It's not my job to evangelize everybody and save everybody. He says, actually, my design is to help get us all together where we're all set up that we can go reach people. Amen. I think more, more happens in the kingdom of God 
when a few people decide to walk, walk it out, live it out with integrity and live the way God called us to live, then any beautiful church building, any slick sermon, anything that we can do, I believe people just living the way God created us to live will, will do more than anything else could do. Are you with me? We all have big desires to see God move, and then we let our lives be the worst commercial. Oh, God, use me. Be fire. I want to be, you know, uh, put me on fire, whatever we say in Christianese, like, I want to burn for you, all these things that we say, all this big stuff, God, use me, I want to, and then the way that we conduct ourselves on a daily basis is the worst commercial for the kingdom of God. Just back up a little bit, and instead of going, God, I want to be this great, just say, God, let me be obedient today. Let me listen to you. Let me treat people right. Let me love people in my community. Are you with me? I thought about this. Um, in closing, I'll close with this. There's a great story by Winston Churchill, of, of Winston Churchill, I should say. During World War II, Winston Churchill, uh, they're currently the soldiers, the troops, they're fighting in Africa, they're fighting in Italy, and all this is going on in the great strategists. Winston Churchill is deciding his next move. He's positioning his next, uh, you know, uh, orders and things like that. And so what he decides to do is he goes down to the coal miners. And so there's great men fighting in the war and lives are being taken and all this stuff is taking place over here. And Winston Churchill decides, what I need to do is go talk to the coal miners. Why would he talk to the coal miners? Well, at this time, the coal miners were falling into negativity. They were falling into frustration. They were, they were losing uh, support in the towns and in the cities because of this negativity. These guys were seeing that their fellow brothers were dying at war and then all they were doing was over here cutting coal for the war. And so they're just over here every day cutting coal and sending it and cutting coal and sending it. And they're hearing the stories of loss and men dying and they're getting negative saying, why are all we doing is cutting coal? Why is it that all I'm doing is spending time cutting coal? This dirty, nasty job when they're out there on the battlefield dying and, and, and I'm just over here cutting coal. And Winston Churchill knew if he could motivate the coal cutters to stay at it, to stay faithful, to stay consistent, to keep positivity, that he knew they would get the amount of coal that they needed to equip the, the, the military with what they needed so that they could have success. So Winston Churchill says to those coal miners, he said, listen, one day we will throw a parade. There will be a great parade that walks down our main street and there'll be five-star generals, and there'll be great leaders that, that did great things in the war, but none of it will have been possible without you and your role as cutting coal. What am I trying to say to you today? Many times we say to God, oh God, I want to be the next Billy Graham ministry. If I could be like Joel Osteen, if I could be like Joyce Meyer, but if we can be the people that stay positive, even in the little things, cutting coal, letting our love be in action, reaching our neighbor, making a difference in our community, if we could be those people, when the parade of heaven happens, you're gonna get there and you're gonna say, God's gonna say to you, that's possible, that was possible because you loved people and you cut coal even without a platform. Are you with me? You surrendered your life. You didn't live like the rest of the world. You didn't do what the rest of the world does. Instead, you sacrificed and you laid down your life for someone else. And now we get this parade. Are you with me? We need to be those kinds of people that it's going to hurt and it's going to be dirty and it's not going to be glamorous cutting coal. 
but it's going to be the, the thing that, that causes our team to win the war. Are you with me? Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near, meaning God is with us. God is near. He's for us. The kingdom is with us. In verse 8, it says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So he's saying, look, as you go, it didn't say as you go to church, as you go to Bible college, it says as you go in your life, God is with you and go out and help people. I haven't seen too many lepers and stuff laying around, you know, it's been a little bit since I've been to East Lansing and seen the dirty people. That's a Michigan State joke, just so you know, I'm a Michigan fan. Someone's like, thinks I literally hate East Lansing. <laughs> I do, but in the right context. Does that make sense? <laughs> but you know, we don't, I don't see lepers. I don't, and some of this stuff is a little out of me. But what it's saying is this, as you go, God is with you. Go help somebody who's hurting. Go walk with somebody who's living in unforgiveness. Go bring people through the grace that you've been given because freely as it was given to you, go give it to somebody else. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? I get really passionate about this topic of love does because I don't like when churches hide behind pulpits and buildings, we're called to go do something, make a difference, the called out ones. So I'm not in ministry because I think it's cool to preach or I like the idea of like being a pastor and a title and a theology and all this stuff. I, I've followed God into ministry because that's what he called me to and I was obedient, but I, I'm doing it and I love it with a passion that says we can do it. We can go out and help people and reach our cities and love people because as we go, God is with us. You with me? So love does. Like, let's not stay stuck and stagnant. Don't let the bumps in the road throw you off the track. Like, stay at it. Love does. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. So thankful for your word. God, I pray that you cement in us this lifestyle of love in action, going out, making a difference, reaching our city, doing the hard things that may make us look different from the world or from others. God, I pray that you give us the boldness to live in the way that you called us to live. In Jesus' name, amen.